Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It is good to be back with everyone today. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. As you know, we have continuing and we are continuing in our series uh, as it pertains to the roles we play. We have so far dealt with the role of father and husband and then the role of um, mother and wife. And now we're going to jump into a different role, but definitely they dovetail and they work together, and that is the role of the pastor slash elder, as we see it in Scripture. And for that today, we do have a guest, and we're glad to have Matt Watson with us today. He is a pastor in Mount Vernon, so not technically local in Evansville, but we'll consider him local since it's only about Mount 45 Vernon, minutes yeah, down the road. Yeah, Mount Vernon, Indiana, not, that's often right. referred to as the true west side. The true west side. And, and if people don't understand that, there is the west and east side, and there is a great divide in this city. So <laughs> We're but, here to bring uh, unity, though, brother. We're here to right. bring unity. That's right. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. Maybe just give our listeners just a little bit of your background, um, kind of where your church is and what you do there mm-hmm. as far as a pastor, and um, just so that they get a little bit of a context of, sure. of who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just brief biography. Uh, born in Arkansas. Most of my family's from Arkansas. Um, grew up in Missouri. My dad had a job there. Have all brothers, and now I have all daughters. So my wife and I. <laughs> what a switch! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been in ministry about as long as I've been married. So um, over twenty years. In fact, I'll be uh, at the same church for the duration of that ministry uh, vocationally. Twenty-two years completed in my twenty-third year. Yeah. Uh, Eighteen completed as uh, what folks call probably senior pastor, lead pastor, you know, right. however you want to call it, uh, type of thing. Um. So yeah, uh, of course we'll get into that. I believe yeah. in a plurality, so I'm, I'm kind of absolutely. I'm kind of uh, among them, and and so we'll get to that later. But absolutely. yeah, uh, Mount Vernon Baptist Church was established in 1873, so we are uh, celebrating our 150th oh, wow. anniversary of ministry in the town and community in which we are in. Uh, Posey County is considered by some probably as a bedroom community to our county, to, to Vanderburg County, in which right. you, you are here yeah. and, and, and live, uh, about a tenth of the size, so about 25,000 people in Posey County. We feel specifically called to that uh, that that county and to do ministry there, and I don't know what the Lord will have, but, you know, glad, yeah. to, glad to minister and die there if, if that's what the Lord would have Absolutely. fit for us to do. And some of my, our listeners may remember, because they, they herald from Passion for Christ Summit, uh, Matt did come for a couple of years, even in that crazy year of COVID, mm-hmm. and spoke to us um, at Passion for Christ Summit. So some of our listeners may be uh, familiar with you there, and so hopefully they'll enjoy just kind of reconnecting in that way. But uh, Let me thanks just say, for brother, what a wonderful ministry. I just yeah. love what, what you guys are doing there, and, and uh, pray for you. Honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's just jump right into to our discussion today in regards to this idea of the pastoral role. Um, maybe just start off by telling us a little bit about how you view the role of pastor. I know you mentioned the whole concept of plurality of elders and, and, and whatnot, and so I, I, you kind of give us a little bit of an idea of starting off. So maybe just kind of expand that a little bit uh, from your per- biblical perspective. Sure, sure. Well, I, I'm going to get 
uh, probably a little bit more into the Bible as you're as you're asking me questions, uh, best as I understand the scope of what you're you're trying to do here uh, with the role of pastor, in distinction to say role of of right. family or government or uh, I think according to sphere sovereignty, uh, a lot of folks will describe the different spheres and then and then consider them as roles as far as spheres within government, family, and church. Right. So maybe that's the schema that you're using. Uh, but as far as my understanding of the role of pastor, without getting super exegetical right away, just a, just a summary statement or two, and I certainly would like to build upon this as we go, but I think, I think two words uh, kind of summarizes my personal view of the role of a pastor, and I hope that's biblically informed and, and all that, right. but just two words, servant-leader be mm-hmm. the two words I would use to describe both a servant and a leader. Kind of coming from that whole, he that is greatest among you is servant of all. So therefore, if you are the lead of the church, then you are the servant of the church. Right, right. Well, Brother Charles preached in our pulpit once from uh, the, the washing of the disciples' feet, the yeah. apostles' feet, and, and that was kind of his thesis, you know, good sermon. I remember feeding the flock well, and and I don't think Satan stole the, the seed or the word of that sermon because it, you know, it resounded in our minds, and I think that it's it's very important to see that that the greatest among you shall be a servant, mm. and the first will be last. There's this sort of role reversal and upside down kingdom uh, in the gospels that we're supposed to see. That doesn't mean that we're we're weak or we, we right. let sheep get trod on or anything like that. It just it just means we're we're not too good to turn a wrench or clean right. a toilet. Yeah. yeah. So well, go having ahead. said yeah. that, yeah, I mean that has to be fleshed out in a particular way. What does that look like? As I mean. Most of the time when people think pastor, I think we tend to lean toward the leadership aspect of it. And, of course, you, the, the challenge is the, the, melting, the melting together of those, the molding of those together. But how does that kind of happen in your ministry? How do you see it happening biblically? Yeah, well, I'm always a little – I've learned, I shouldn't say always, I'm a little sheepish about being autobiographical at the expense of coming off um, narcissistic, but I guess you've specifically set these up for me to talk about. Well, that's myself. why we have so, you here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. did so, have you here to talk I, about what you did. If you get, if you get too <laughs> stuck yeah. on yourself, we'll let you know. Yeah. Well, right. I appreciate that, brother. I do. And uh, <laughs> we'll put a pen in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, a, as an older, wiser man, I will take the rebuke. Well, I am older, it. at least. <laughs> I pray for older, wiser men, and uh, I want that for the church. And I want to be an older, wiser man one day. I'm about in the middle of my life. If I have a normal life expectancy, and who knows. I, that doesn't. That's not guaranteed, but you, you know. Um, as far as how you how do you balance or or allocate time um, between serving and leading, I think the first thing maybe you have to do is consider how much time you have. So, we'd like to think about our body of elders collectively uh, in terms of how much how much serving time do we have. So, so say you have. Um, uh, one full-time pastor and uh, f- four lay elders, and that's not our configuration. But just say that's what it, what it, what, it, what it is. I would think you should reasonably expect fifty hours a week out of a staff pastor, uh, and maybe ten hours a week out of a lay pastor right. or elder. I think they're synonymous terms, which we'll get into that. Right. I think um, in a little bit. But so, um, if it's a lay pastor or a, or a staff pastor, or a lay elder, or a staff elder, probably stick with the elder nomenclature for now. I think they're both supposed to. Um, um, provide leadership and serving at the same time uh and so i think the situation it may depend on not so much the disposition but how much time do you have and how do you allocate that time so you certainly don't want to be doing things that that you should justifiably be preparing other people to do or equipping other people to do 
um, because that sort of choke holds the body of Christ. And so if you're just always doing, um, maybe you're in the wrong role. You know. Right. At the same time, I think the problem in Acts 6 happened because the apostles were willing to serve widows. Mm. Had they not have been scrubbing toilets or serving widows or whatever the what we consider the serving tasks to be, if they hadn't caught, finally, I should say, caught the vision of Jesus to be servants, they wouldn't have struggled to then go back to making enough time to be leaders through the time of the Word and prayer. So what that looks like uh, for, for me and for us is actually the work. Like, is the time being laid out right? And if it isn't, how do we need to recalibrate? Almost like if your tires are out of balance in your car, like they get, you know, how do we get them set back up? Right. So you kind of have to pull off every now and then and kind of assess yeah, I, that. I think of Peter who learned firsthand from the Lord Jesus, and when he wrote to the elders, he he called himself a fellow elder, and he said, I want you to lead, but I want you not to do it as lords. So so he he doesn't want this exertion of lordship over the flock, but there is a strength in leadership as well in the midst of that. Yeah, actually, I had hoped. I know we can't read multiple passages in, in such a short podcast episode, but I had hoped to read that passage during this because I think it's the shortest uh, that gives us the most, uh, most power. Concise, yeah. Yeah, is this a good time for that? Or would yeah, you go really, for it. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have my Bible that. open here to First Peter chapter 5, and I think uh, what Brother Charles just, just – It's hard, man, and all three of the terms are used there. For pastor, yeah. Precisely. Well, brother, we think alike on these things. Uh, I think that's going to be evident because the three well, terms are used. You. We want somebody thinks just like us. We don't want anybody You don't to want any dissent, do you? Yeah. This is the podcast. this thing, yeah. Uh, but, he, but, I mean, the brother is, is absolutely spot on, and I, I couldn't agree with him more. If you if you read First Peter chapter five verses one to five, and, I mean, I've read it in multiple translations before, but I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Um, the Apostle Peter writes in the first person and says, so I exhort or urge or pericaleo, I encourage, I do a thing that the the way the Spirit exhorts us, you know, I'm, I'm seeking to exhort you as elders. So he talks to them in their office as elders, and he calls himself a fellow elder. He writes them as a fellow elder. So in a way, apostles are elders in the transition period of the church between the, the primitive and the early church. Right. But, but Elders are not apostles. Like we don't work right. backward, and I'm not, so that's so. I don't think apostle is a right, um, a right title to use for the role in which I serve in the body of Christ. I think elder or pastor is a better word. Elder is the word I'm going to go with, and I'm going to tell you why. Because this little section of scripture in verse five actually ends with the 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 sentence: "Be subject to the elders." So it starts, kind of forms an inclusion in the sense of it starts with an exhortation of the elders that ends with um, others being subject to the elders. And I think it take it to mean those that are younger in the faith, those that are not as far along in the faith. They're not as senior in the faith. Be subject to your senior leaders. And so the way I talked about it, brother, in looking at this, and, and we can break this down some more because I didn't read verses 2, 3, and 4, which are pivotal to, to answering some of your questions in summary form, I think, about about this important role. Of uh, of pastor or or elder, but I think I think we can think of it as a title with two functions and fifteen descriptions. I will not read the fifteen descriptions. <laughs> I will give you the one title, the best. Go do title. your own study, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where to go. But I'll give you the best title and the two functions, which are warehoused right here in First Peter five one to five. In in my opinion, um, interpretively, the title, the best title for the senior leaders of the church is elder, and uh, it's not necessarily by age. Though older, wiser men we pray for and, and celebrate, 
Uh, we see Timothy not supposed to be looked down for because he's young. Right. Uh, I have a feeling you're moving toward the word maturity. I, I am. Well, you know, but there's a need sometimes to rebuke an older man. That's why it says in First Timothy mm-hmm. chapter four, it says, yeah. "Rebuke an right. older man." Gently, in a certain See, way. There's yeah. a certain approach. So, but yeah. if there was no need to ever rebuke an older man, then that sentence wouldn't be in right. there, and there would not be necessary for a younger man to be offering counsel to an older man. So I think that's important. At the same time, we we don't want to uh, sort of celebrate uh, Rehoboam like youth either. Right. To kind of think uh, sort of biblically and theologically there. But but to, to get back to the to the flow of the things, I think that Peter gives us um, elder is the title for the church leaders. Uh, they're they're to be masculine. They're masculine used nouns. They're to be masculine or men. More than one in a regular church. In Titus, we find that there's not more than one in the churches, and that's irregular. And Titus is instructed by the apostle Paul: you need to go seek to make that regular by adding more than one. We need to have elders plural in each church, and so we see the use of the nomenclature there. We see the use of the nomenclature elders in Paul's interaction with the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 20. Um, we see the the use of the nomenclature elders, obviously, throughout the Bible in different right. contexts. And we see it right here in Peter as well with the, the exhortation from Peter as a fellow elder to function in a certain way. So title, elder, and then functions, two of them, I think. The pastor shepherd on the one hand and the bishop overseer on the other. And I'll just I'll put a pause right there because I've been talking for a minute, but it's the pastor shepherd on the one hand, the bishop overseer on the other. Um, so you sort of see like support and accountability. And we could get further into that. This is the danger of having a preacher, somebody that loves to preach on your podcast, is I could just launch <laughs> off into a sermon. I don't know say. anything of what yeah. you're talking about yeah. because when we do this podcast, I don't do it with another preacher yeah. <laughs> or I two mean, preachers. Yeah, well, between Brother Charles and I, we, I mean, you could just like they just go off into right, it. But right. uh, yeah. I'll I should pause keep there. that. Being, having having been a pastor and being a preacher, I should keep that in mind. That should be patently obvious here. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, I'll keep Continue going. On. Then. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there, there, there is one title, elder. There are two functions, and we'll we'll just simply say pastor or overseer. And I'm going to not use the term shepherd and bishop right now, although I think even though they're, they're interchangeable, they are they're the synonyms, right? Yeah. Well, it might be the right time to say that that hits the trifecta. Like right. the, the the disagreements that we have in terms of uh, the body politic in the church, the government of the church, the disagreements we have uh, can usually be described with the the, the titles uh, as or the nomenclature because I don't think they're all the titles you have uh, a word that's translated bishop a word that is translated pastor or shepherd here and a word that is translated elder or, or senior leader or ambassador here so you have the presbyteros so you mm-hmm. can hear presbyterian in there right right you have the episcopos you can you can hear episcopalian <laughs> in that right and uh, then you have the, it's the poimao, poimao family word family different words for shepherd. Usually the title isn't used in the New Testament, although it is once. But it's widely understood that the le- senior leaders of the church are to be shepherds. I mean that's just everywhere in right. Scripture, and <clears throat> it's used as a common noun quite often uh, for shepherding. So it's not wrong to call elders pastors. They do serve that function, but it's not the only function that they serve. I think it's most regular to have more than one elder, so called. And then their their function is best described under like if you're thinking of a chart like elder what are they, what is their functions pastor overseer what does that look like fifteen descriptions of what an elder is right. supposed to be and do and I think you find those which may be a combination of all 
of them at once or kind of divide it off depending on what they're doing. Well, yeah. If I'm talking to you, Daniel, and I say, hey, Daniel, are you a father? Well, yeah. I say, Daniel, are you a husband? You say, well, yeah. yeah. I say, yeah. well, Daniel, are you are you a son? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you like take Which a hat off and put another hat on when they're all in the room? <laughs> right, no, I right, mean, you're, you're right, navigating right, yeah. seamlessly based on sometimes what the very minute calls for, right? Right. Uh, so I think that's what's going on with with um, seasoned shepherds, but we have to get there, right? I mean, I think one one writer thinker said that our job is to try to put uh, old heads on young bodies. Mm. You know, we want to do that, uh, but that it's not by power or might, as Zechariah says. It's it's by the spirit. That's the only way that something like that could could take place. It's a work of prayer. And, and it really does require, because you've already said it's not really how old you are, it's not, you know, necessarily are you 65 years old or are you 25 years old. It really comes down to this issue of maturity, which is what we're looking for, because the way the Scripture structures it, you may have to rebuke an older man or vice versa. So it really comes down to this issue of maturity as far as being able to go into that role. Well, I think so, but, but who defines what's mature, right? Well, that gets Paul down uses into the term it. novice. Precisely. You can be 55 and be a novice in, in, right. in biblical church Christian terms. You can be 25 and be pretty mature. Uh, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's a discussion about that, yes. but I think there's a worthy discussion. There's a tension there. Like, like I sure. would be remiss to define myself as more much all things being equal. Mm-hmm. Called at a similar age, if you want to use that nomenclature, I think calls more for salvation. Kaleo. Ek Kaleo, the called out ones, Ecclesia, the church. I think it's more for salvation than it is for, for gifting, for ministry. Uh, but anyway, that's a different conversation. You digress. Yeah, I, I digress quickly <laughs> and often, as you see. Uh, but all things being equal, if we were similar in our upbringing in terms of tutelage from, from others, from teachers, a man that's 30 years my senior by age should should be more mature in mm-hmm. many ways than me, even if I am aspiring to be mature. Right. But because of the Genesis 3 fallen world, I, I just don't think it's that clean. And I think the Bible tips its hand that the economy mm-hmm. of the church is not that clean. That's why you see things like First Timothy. Yep. Um, uh, don't let them look down on you because you're young. Don't be so timid. Uh, things like that. Yeah. I think also, because we've talked about, you know, how do you view the role, and you very clearly laid that out biblically. We also kind of touched on, or you touched on the issue of servanthood um, and then kind of moving into the issue of maturity and being able to handle the word and to, you know, teach and preach and, and shepherd and those type of things. It's and you talked about how it how you develop that and how you serve and sometimes but you can't really serve all the time because your goal is to preach and teach, right? That is what you've been called to do. Kind of getting back to distinguishing that, it's something that I've seen out of our pastor here, Pastor Dave Terrell, which some of our listeners are very familiar with. Um, one of the things I notice he does is obviously he spends quite a bit of time in study. But what he also does is where he's at, say it's a men's breakfast or it's, you know, because he's there as a pastor, he you find him serving. He'll help clean the table. You know what I'm saying? He'll help do these mm-hmm. things. And I feel like he just has an attitude of serving, mm-hmm. you know. And so for you, I, I think probably if I hear you correctly, you got to be able to discern that mm-hmm. and be able to see that in your role. Because obviously your goal is to preach the word and to handle the word and to give spiritual leadership to the church and to lead the church. So would you agree with that kind of distinction that I see in someone else and how that plays out? In brief, yes, I agree. For a little bit more elucidation, I think that as – I mean, I know your pastor. He's a yeah. friend. And, and I think there's um, there's a danger of looking at, at 
at him or, or right. at me, whoever, and saying, well, he's obviously operating with great intentionality because he's been a pastor for a while and he knows how to do it. And so he obviously <laughs> washed that dish at that time, and he mm-hmm. obviously stopped to say a prayer at that time. That's It's not that clean, right? Yeah. And and so there's the one hand is to kind of – and I think this is kind of the strongman, um, kind of viciously independent churches that of, of once upon a time see – like there's a switch that's flipped as soon as somebody becomes a pastor and they know all of it and they they, they right. have a perfect they're perfectly intentional and that's just not that's not life and that's one of the reasons I'm I'm such a fan of of understanding congregational membership and and as one author wrote it uh, not firing our church members from right. their role as members but I think that may be a little bit further down in our conversations here but just kind of you know kind of throw that out there on the other hand there's a danger of saying well he's just like us. And in, in a sense, meaning he's just like us in that I, I should not esteem and uphold the office of which that individual has been called for that time. Make no mistake, we're not called to be elders or pastors for our entire lifetime. Like there's a time when you're very young, you're not. There may be a time when you're very old, you're not. There could be times in between where you're not. Take a break. It could be a break. It could be a relocation. Um, mm. If you, It could be a bivocation. It could be a, a non-vocation. I think we need to have a little bit more uh, of an understanding of the, the local nature of the assignment because I don't think it's it's necessarily portable. The skills may be, but the, the, the identification by the congregation that that is our elder pastor not not so much and i think it's very important that there's there's a humility on both sides of this and i think hebrews and thessalonians talks about this like mm-hmm. don't make your leader's job difficult right, right. Uh, and then then there's these words from jesus and, and also from the epistles it's like you better serve the people you know, it's just kind of like uh, there's a lot of humility going on as we're trying to aspire to the office of elder that's a good distinction i think that's a good um, way of kind of smoothing out the edges of what we're talking about um, it's very well, good i could add to that yeah that i think is something we we tend to and I say we, we as Christians, we as church people, church men, church women, we don't tend to see preparation for preaching and preaching as service, mm. but it is. Good it, if you're yeah. in a study and you're hiding yourself there at for a certain period so that you're prepared to preach the word, you are serving the Lord and the people. You you are doing something they don't they can't do because they are given to other vocations. You are vocationally given to this and you're giving yourself that's why and men need to see that as important in that regard. It's not something where you can just get throw something together on Saturday night and, and then kind of no. No. wing it, you know, on Sunday. So you're serving in that regard. If I give that if I give that impression though, uh, if we carry the distinction say between student and servant uh, the student needs to learn to serve, and the servant needs to learn to study. Uh, if we want to carry that distinction, I think it's helpful um, to draw the line there and to try to try to, for explanation, for teaching purposes, try to understand the differences. Because uh, in the role of a vocational elder or pastor, like somebody that's their full time job, and and I would advocate that that's not permanent necessarily in terms of the the entire life. Uh, and and I would also advocate. Oh, I mean, health, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's aspect. life situations, a lot of things. So. Um, it, how many hours do you have? You might have a bivocational pastor where they they have dedicated thirty hours a week to the service of the church. So when I'm talking about adding up the collective hours of eldering, lay and staff, I really think that's a uh, something to be grasped a hold of. So like if you're if you're totally lay, I think ten hours a week is good. If you're if you're bivocational, maybe thirty is a good target or something like that. You know, right, maybe, right, not, right. maybe not thirty, but you know, just a number. It's not hard and fast numbers. Right, maybe but, say twenty five, maybe go yeah. half because for me. I was just using round numbers on the tens, but for me, I think I think if I'm not working 50 hours a week, 
I, I think that's normal. I don't think there's very many, for example, business owners that stop at 39 and a half hours a week. I mean, I'm not saying there's never a time to take an extra day off or, or take a little mini retreat or whatnot, but I'm assuming I'm working five tens or, or six sevens or six eights or six nines or, you know, I mean, like I'm not assuming that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mm. keeping it at 40 hours a week. So if you do the math then, um, and I'm, I'm actually going to respond to brother Charles with this. So just allow me a little latitude, if you will, yeah. judge, judge Daniel, um, that was supposed to be funny. I'm not good at jokes. <laughs> Maybe the judge got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll cut you off, yeah. man. Don't worry. But if I could, like, so let's just say, uh, say you have, um, say you have a, a, a full-time pastor, um, you have a, a three lay pastors, and you have, say, a part-time pastor. Okay, so let's say 50 plus 25 for the part-time plus 10, 10, 10. What is that? 75 plus 30, 105. Okay. The real question is, how do we steward those hours between study and serving? Because clearly, like Acts chapter 6 says, they had not been giving enough time to word and prayer. They were putting out too many uh, disagreements in the church. They were real disagreements. They were real problems. They were disrupting the unity of the church because people weren't Based upon fed. very practical things. There was tribalism and, right. and ethnic issues and things going on with Hebraic and Grecian Jews. So it's not that it's unimportant. It's just that if, if this thing isn't happening, word and prayer from the elders, and I'm taking the apostles to be kind of like proto-elders, you right, know, the, right. and yep. especially based on what the brother said from, from right. Peter, I think that's pretty obvious, First Peter 5, 1, should be, interpretively. Then the, then there's a problem when, and a template form of the scripture, when the senior leaders of the church do not put their backside in the chair and put their nose in the book and study deeply for sermons, because the most important feeding you give to your people is a faithful sermon. It's the most important people. Uh, it really sets the for the word to reverberate through the church as it should. It really sets the, the tone and tenor for the week. If that sermon is is poured over, I think uh, it may be one of the Puritans that said uh, the the pastor that's preaching that Sunday needs to live the sermon through the week, like live with it, like weightiness, like mm-hmm. you're reading that thing on a Monday and you're trying to dissect it on a Tuesday and you're reading what others have written about it on a Wednesday and you're you're using a hive mind to talk to brothers about it on a Thursday and you're writing yourself clear on a Friday and you're sleeping on a Saturday and you're rewriting it on a Sunday morning at 4 a.m. or whatever your process is. And then you're standing before the people with great humility and and you got a manuscript you don't have to look at because it's in you, you know, it's in your veins and, 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 or maybe you do look at it. I'm I'm not trying to say it. And then you give the people what you got and you pour yourself out and then you go cry yourself to sleep, you know, take a nap (laughs) and, and you, you know, you climb the mountain again the next week, but that's the work of preaching. But to, but, but as a template, that's going on for every elder that's teaching in the church to an extent, whether they're preaching once a quarter, whether they teach Bible studies in the church, whether they're doing right. one-on-one discipleship. They're digesting the Word in such a way as to be able to make it understandable to the other members and to shepherd the flock of God that is among you, like First Peter 5, 2 says. And so because of that, we must have a private life that fuels the, the community life, mm. studying and serving. Thanks everyone so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.